Ladies and gentlemen, this spring, Masters Flora and Stackle proudly present at the West Notting Shropshire Shire Theatre, a tale of love and loss, mystery and matrimony. When shocking news grips the countryside. Mummy! Mummy, there's to be a ball! We're ever so excited to attend. Oh, Mummy, please tell us that we may. I'm reticent to give my permission to attend. What gentleman of note will be there? Oh, Mother, don't be so cruel. I'm given to understand that Lord Largewallet will be in attendance with his lifelong companion, Mr. Batsquitch. Why, even the vicar might attend. Oh, very well. So long as that dreadful Mr. Crowley is not in attendance, he vexes the vicar ever so much. Gentlemen arrive from London. Lord Largewallet, so good of you to come. We are ever so pleased that you've made the trip. Uh, thank you, Mr. Bunyip. It is my honor. Please allow me to introduce my lifelong companion, Mr. Batsquitch. Charmed. Uh, uh, yes, yes, yes. You must, you must be quite tired from your journey. I'll have your carriage brought around back. My man Goatman should take care of it. I, I don't know where you've gotten off to with that hatchet of his. I'll, I'll return to you shortly. Thank you. Please enjoy yourselves. Thank you, Mr. Bunyip. I say, Batsquitch, Mr. Bunyip's daughter, Jin, is quite comely indeed. I shall have to make her acquaintance this evening. Are you not also impressed by her beauty? Indeed, Large Wallet. She is fetching, to be sure. And what of the other Bunyip daughter, Nessie? Do you not find her pleasing to the eye, Batsquitch? Heavens no, Large Wallet. Not only do I not find her attractive, but I cannot imagine any circumstance occurring that I might slowly fall in love with her, owing to her rapier-sharp wit and kind demeanor. There, I've said it. Can we kindly move on? Indeed, you've made your intentions quite clear, my friend. Come, let us move along. We have to meet with the vicar. Quite. Then, when all is thought lost, the vicar calls. What's all this, then, eh? The Avonsdale Shireton Chronicle says, It was an evening to remember. We, each of us, got our taste. The Kent Densington Gentleman's Gazette said, To write. The North Umber Shaftonsbury Landowner's Quarterly said, Oiden, eh? So please, join us this spring for Blurry Photo's production of Sixth Sense and Sensibility. Forsooth, it is I, Lord David of Stacco. <laughs> and who might you be, gentle sir? I'm so sad, I don't have a girl. <laughs> I don't want a girl. Hey, everybody. I'm David Flora. I'm Landon Gentry. <laughs> I'm David Stacco. Welcome to Blurry Photos. That's right. <sighs> happy birthday, Jane Austen. Yeah, happy birthday. You're still hot. <laughs> Even after all these years. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you, do you, you want to know what? You want to hear a fun time? Did you see this? You hear about this? I, I'd love to. Uh, do you know that in addition to it being Jane Austen's birthday, which we did on accident, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> that wasn't planned, yeah. and we decided to do a, uh, a an Austinian opening, mm-hmm. I am actually in a Jane Austen show. What? Yeah. Yeah. And don't worry. We'll plug- Emma? <laughs> I am Emma. I got the role. <laughs> Congratulations. There is an extraordinarily talented uh, group of female improvisers here in Chicago who have been doing improvised Jane Austen for years and yeah, years. Yeah. 
And they've got a sterling reputation. Ooh. Uh, and for the first time in their history, in the month of February, they're allowing men what? to invade their, their Get out. elegant storytelling. Get uh, so for one of their shows, I will be, uh, I think the, the, the non-specific term is a Darcy. Oh. When a dude shows up. <laughs> <laughs> so I get to perform with them. Congratulations. Yeah. So if you, if you're in the Chicago area and don't worry, as it gets closer, I'll make a big squealing deal out of this. February 1st through March 15th at the Bug House Theater here in Chicago. Mm. You get to see Improvised Jane Austen along with, uh, not only myself for one of the shows, but mm-hmm. other talented male improvisers. Who finally get to, you know, break the glass ceiling of the female controlled improv scene. <laughs> it's like it's like we're we're kind of heroes. I mean, I don't want to say I'm the Rosa Parks of improv, but but I'm really I'm doing are. I'm really helping. I'm really doing it here. <laughs> you go on, you sit on that bus. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride. Sit right in the front. Uh, yeah, so it should be really great. And awesome. I will uh, I'll mention it again as we get a little closer. It's a while Sounds out, good. but I figure since we since we're hip deep in Jane Austen, might as well get that off my chest. <laughs> this is a this is a proper Regency English accent. Good evening, ladies. Do you think we're the only men in history to be hip deep in Jane Austen? <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> so yeah, n- probably not. <laughs> I don't know. I guess time will tell. Yeah. What? <laughs> But you know what? That's not why you're here. Uh, I hate to, I don't want to slow our, our progress down, but it is the month of December mm-hmm. and we have been lax in one of our duties. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Blurry Photos Enterprises, where each and every day we are working to bring you a better tomorrow. Soon, you'll be enjoying the 2014 Flood Myth episode. Right now, we have engineers working over and overtime to create a. Do, 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 do. Hold the presses! Hold the presses! I was in the middle of our announcements. No, no! You gotta listen to this! What, what, what is it? The flood myth is ready! No more 2014 flood myth! It's 2013! 2013's the new flood myth! What? It's here? Flood myth's here! <laughs> well, lordy, lordy! <laughs> I just punched a straw hat! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's it. You have just wandered into the flood zone. <laughs> Roll up your pant legs. Better get those floaties on, everybody. That's right. Water wings for everybody. Get it's those rafts out. Our magnificent holiday two-part flood myth, often talked about, never dared attempt it, and now here we are standing on the precipice of our largest episode in history. History. <laughs> And we cannot help but disappoint now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all straight downhill. Well, you know what? I've I've bitched the entire run of blurry photos about how I would not have enough time. Given any amount of time, I wouldn't have enough to right. to look up stuff about the flood myth. And you were right. I was right. You were totally right. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> I we have a, a dearth of information and I still feel completely unprepared. I um am always unprepared. But I did the best I could because last week's episode seemed to go pretty well. So this time I upped the dosage. <laughs> I am now recording on 40 ounces of Mountain Dew. Four zero. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know what? Pretty soon we're going to have to do a <laughs> conspiracy theory episode um, about brominated vegetable oil. Brominated vegetable yeah, oil. Yeah, it's killing me right now. I can feel it turning my kidneys into raisins, but my brain is all fireworks. Yep. <laughs> At least you won't burn. Nope. Your yeah. body's going to be completely inflammable. I'm immortal. <laughs> so let's do this because I think I started to crash towards the end of the last episode. So let's get let's do this. Yeah, uh, we, we better skate on into this rink here. And, oh, uh, man. Man. I hope you like your... I hope you... I hope everyone... Oh, there goes a stroke. Stroke number one. <laughs> let's keep score. I hope everyone's wearing their... Vegetable. <laughs> I hope everyone's wearing their two-part pants. We spl- we're we splitting this one in half. Yep. We, we split it in twain. Cleft it. <laughs> Part one. This is what we're planning on on uh, uh, putting in in your ears here. Yeah, so if you already know this, just 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 stop yeah, listening. Just skip ahead. Part one. We're going to talk about what a flood myth is. We keep saying flood myth, but and we won't do stop. You really know what a flood myth is. I hope you don't, because you're going to find out, and it'll be so much more exciting. Right. It's like uh, getting up and looking at them Christmas stockings, mm-hmm. seeing what what Santa Claus brought you. Is that a chocolate bar or coal? It's a chocolate bar. Wee! <laughs> we'll tell you what a flood myth is. We'll, we're going to tell you how prevalent they are across the world. Um, Super prevalent. <laughs> turns out. Spoilers. <laughs> and we will talk about some uh, some of the major flood myths from different cultures from around yeah. the world. Summarize uh, a bunch for you. And we'll get you a delicious all-you-can-eat buffet of culture, mythology, legends, tales of the world getting flooded. Mm-hmm. You you it's like pudding? Uh, you like some pudding at the end of that buffet? You like Polynesian uh, flavor? We'll we'll give you Polynesian. Flavor. Yeah. Oh, but wait a minute. What if I only like Native American food? We we've got some on the spit, turning oh right now. Okay. Well, that's all well and good, but I'm kind of into Babylonian food these days. You know what? We've desanded it, and it's on the table. Oh my God! This truly is the greatest, most sumptuous intellectual buffet. <laughs> All right, enough bullshit. Let's get to it. All right, what is that? <laughs> oh, wait, I, I didn't say what we're going to do in part two. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, nope, more bullshit. <laughs> more bullshit, sorry. <laughs> part two, we're going to talk about what the effects of a flood this size would have yeah, what, on the world at large. Yeah, what, what, what would that look like? What would it look like? What would the outcome be? What would the consequences be? We'll also talk a little bit about... Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you like vanilla flavored? I like, uh, there's a butterscotch flavor, I think, that's out there. Or maybe the cherry, they've got different tilts. Yeah, you, you weren't ready for that one, were you? No. Yeah. Oh, man, I wandered into that world. <laughs> I just thought, I just thought these was chocolate. <laughs> Whoops. No, we're, we're going to talk about, inevitably, the Genesis flood myth. Oh, yeah. Have you and, ever heard uh, of that one? From ye old Bible. And Mighty popular around these parts. And, uh... <laughs> I know, I know you've got yours handy following along like you do every episode. <laughs> like you do every episode, Stern. Um. <laughs> Bible sound. The word of God. <laughs> uh, also... Oh, that was a good one. Well, we'll we'll talk about that, and we'll also talk about if it could work in actuality. Yeah. A, a little harsher way of saying that is that we're going to debunk that story. Whoa! Sorry. Uh, and then we're going we're gonna to end up part two with uh, talking about possible scientific causes if a global flood did occur or were to occur. Yeah. How? Why? 
What what causes? Say it? you were an evil super genius, hell bent on the eradication of most of the world, perhaps consolidating your power base to institute a new world order. How would you use a flood to best example? That um, was the essay portion of the evil uh, genius doctorate exam. <laughs> oh yeah, how'd you do? Pretty good, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Eighty-seven. Oh wow, well, that's like, like a, a B, B plus. plus yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so let's talk about what a flood myth is. All right. Okay. You, re- you ready for this? Are you ready Did to you see this? Did you hear about this? You ready to dive in, dude? Oh my god! You want to dive in? <laughs> Some deep waters. Sink or swim, bro. Oh, or swim. Come on! <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, so, a flood myth is a mythical story of a great flood caused by a god or a deity to destroy man and creature alike as an act of divine retribution. It's also called a deluge myth. It's a theme found among many cultures, though it's uh, perhaps best known today in Western culture through, like we said, the biblical and Quranic account of Noah's Ark, Mm -hmm. the Genesis flood myth, Noah's Ark there. Uh, Other well-known stories include the Hindu Puranic story of Manu, the Deucalion Greek mythology story, and... Utnapishtim in the story of Gilgamesh. Yeah, yes. I'm glad that you got that word out because I was like, um, pit. Uh, uh, can I have that one more time? Utnapishtim. Nice. Most popular baby name in 2014. BCE. <laughs> it just barely beat out Hunter. <laughs> I thought I was going to go with Porter. <laughs> Sometimes these stories are compared to certain creation myths, which tell of primeval waters where mankind was created, since the flood waters cleanse humanity in preparation for rebirth. Mm-hmm. I can draw a parallel there with that. Many of the flood myths also contain a culture hero who strives to ensure mankind's survival. This being, uh, for example, Noah in the Genesis flood myth. So what was the name of the culture hero in uh, the... Gilgamesh story. Utnapishtim. Oh, man, that's great. Who was the <laughs> culture hero of the flood. Yeah. I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit. It's just fun I to hear you say Utnapishtu. Animals are involved in many of the stories, and there's almost always a moral with the flood coming only after the human race has committed some wrongdoing. Yeah, we earn it every time. It's all your fault, humans. Mankind. Not the wrestler. <laughs> He didn't do anything. It was Cactus Jack's fault, though. So, theories abound as to why cultures have flood myths. As I mentioned with some of the examples uh, of them, we had Hindu, Hebrew, mm-hmm. and Islamic, and, uh, Islamic from the, the Quran, and uh, uh, Sumerian, Babylonian, mm-hmm. that, that, that region. So, people have, have tried to, to think about why would these different cultures have uh, such a similar story in each of them. Yeah, and I, I know some of the research I did talked about not necessarily the fact that it that they chose like it didn't really get into why they chose a flood, but they were talking about as an, a cornerstone of religion. If you if you look at a, a belief system, almost like an organism, they they have adaptations that allow them to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just for example, um, Christianity has the uh, the built in mechanism of proselytizing that. Uh, it is your duty to go out and spread the good word. Hmm. You know, if you if you think of an idea like an organism, that's a good adaptation. Sure. Um, you know that you're that you're out and seeking new people. Um, and they were talking about with flood myth. What they were saying is that it 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 provides a concrete exam, example that God is not only interested in your lives, 
But should you go too far off the path, he will correct the situation globally. See, yeah, it's see. it's yeah, it's an example. It's it's the paddle hanging in the principal's office mm-hmm. that that he absolutely will rectify the situation should mankind get out of hand and so, he has in the past so it's it's it is it's a, a, a it's an unspoken threat that's hanging above it's, yes it's the sword of damocles it is the sword of damocles exactly so that and that's just i mean one of the one of the interpretations that i had read about that about why it's so common that there's this um that those those elements are always present there's there's a sinful population there's a cleansing and there's a rebirth because one man was 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 good okay, and just yeah. and did what he ought to and and that's that those those general things play out so often mm-hmm. that that the the point of what I the, the articles that I was reading was saying well what is the what is the reason that these pieces keep fitting into this pattern mm-hmm. and and so I, th- I thought that was a yeah I thought that was a pretty credible solution to that a, sure a good idea sure yeah I mean one kind of obvious explanation that this is so widespread is that mankind as a whole went through a catastrophic event at some point in ancient history. Yeah. And have since orally passed the stories on and and then eventually through writing. Mm-hmm. It could uh, stand to reason that something happened globally. Everybody uh, experienced it. And then each culture came up with a way to explain what happened. Yeah. And of course the stories change over time, especially... If they're uh, orally based, you're going to get some some different you know adaptations here and there, uh, and then when you start writing it, then it starts uh, solidifying into right something that uh, lore that, and it gets changed. Yeah. It, it evolves a little bit. The, some of the uh, the research I was reading, they theorized that maybe it wasn't a global catastrophe; it was actually a local one. Yeah, but one that encompassed such a large percentage of the population of the world at because that time because it was concentrated, right? Yeah and, yeah, and then they dispersed, but they kept the story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's another one, another explanation that flood myths are are part of our collective unconscious. I like this that. Is, uh, I'll I'll tell you uh, what the collective unconscious is. It's a term introduced by our friend. Don't you dare. That mother... You know what? He never. He will never get an episode. You know why? Because he keeps horning in on everybody else's. He's like the Kool-Aid man of blurry photos. So so about the flood... Man, boom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Carl Young. Carl Young. <laughs> Old Captain Carl. Carl oh Young. God. By the way, that's our next t-shirt. Is the Carl Young Kool-Aid man. <laughs> Carl Young! <laughs> and we just stare at him, and he just slowly <laughs> walks back. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So it's a term introduced by the psychiatrist Carl Jung uh, to represent a form of the unconscious, which is the part of the mind containing memories and impulses of which the individual is not aware, common to mankind as a whole, and originating in the inherited structure of the brain. It's distinct from the personal unconscious, which arises from the experience of the individual. According to Jung, the collective unconscious contains archetypes, or universal primordial images and ideas. So, to uh, um, less nerd that up, yeah, the flood myth would be a, an archetype, a, a story that's common in everybody's unconscious brain. Something yeah. that's under, under the surface we're not aware of, but something in our... <laughs> I'm going to bring up the E word already, evolution. No. Something in... Whoa, whoa. <laughs> 
in uh, don't worry, we'll debunk that too. In mankind's <laughs> evolution, has formed to be laying at the base of our brain, covered up under the covers, yep. snug. We don't know about it, but yet it comes out. It manifests in these stories that uh, everybody has. Yeah, and that's and that's I think the, those articles that I was just talking about. They talk about that about. Um, the perception of authority mm-hmm. about um, what what people intrinsically believe, um, uh, not only like say a father or mother figure, but an authority figure does. How is order? How is order maintained? How is how is the law made absolute? And it talks about those things about how people on a very deep level uh, psychologically make sense of that. And mm. the, and it was it said that this is. Something in 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 the the wiring of our brains yeah. that, that that makes this a very similar narrative that people uh, on some very uh, deep uh, psychological level have this this uniform I don't know concept like, yeah concept thank you that's exactly the word I was looking yeah. for yeah I I heard something as well in listening to different things uh, it it goes along with the sense of and and we're really kind of delving into some theology with with a lot of the stuff but people that are of faith are they of faith because they're scared of the authority figure or are they of faith because they are naturally good they have that sense of what's right what's wrong uh, what's moral what's immoral help me out here what am I so uh, it's sort of um. Are you choosing to live by these rules? Are you choosing to be a, for lack of a better phrase, a good person? Or are you just naturally, you can't help but be a good person? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Are you are you aware that there is a punishment and are working to avoid it by performing good acts? Or are you simply performing good acts because you prefer to perform good acts? Are you chasing a carrot or are you running from the stick? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, we're already we're already getting inundated here with uh, why not the, both. <laughs> He runs so fast with two reasons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, collective unconscious. That's uh, that's. I mean, a lot of people. Yarn! A lot of people think that's a stretch, and uh, and you can see why. It's it's yeah. like a friggin' stereo book, right? right. Yeah, collective unconscious is a, a dicey thing because just this side of impossible to prove. Yeah, but it also it is. It's like it's like their stereo instructions for your brain. Yeah, yeah, that can be. I mean, the presumptively exploited, you know, like it's, uh, that is kind of spooky. Yeah. Yeah. As a concept. No, thanks. One, one more here that we kind of touched on already. Uh, but it's, it is very interesting. The, um, the cross-cultural germination is what you said when, uh, with the concentrated area of people or the concentration of people in an area that then went through something and then spread out. Yeah, diaspora. Yeah, yeah. So flood myths in the Middle East started with these Sumerians and the story of Gilgamesh, but soon was followed by cultures that came after it, including the Babylonians and the Hebrews. And as each culture became more globalized, these stories got passed around and they took on the moralities of the societies that adopted them. Yeah. Which could explain the variations in the tales that you yeah. And and again, uh, you know, if you want to take that that approach, um, that people who live like I mean, just giving climate uh, climate differences, location, uh, different things scare different people. But there's such a, a, a weird homogeneity of these stories. Mm-hmm. But they even even in those areas, they're slightly twisted. They're there's just they're 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 regionalized even, yeah. even you know oh, for yeah. where they are, and, and it, it's 
it's just, it's very tempting to, to say, oh, there's that, that common seed. And then it kind of changes upon where those people are. You know, why, why is that, that, that kernel in the middle so, so consistent? <laughs> so just how prevalent are these flood myths uh, around the world? I mean, they're just they're, they're everything, everywhere, everywhere, everything, everywhere. There are literally hundreds of flood myths from around the world. Yep. Cultures from China to South America have individual stories, some of them being very similar, some of them being completely unique. Wildly disparate. There's one about a lady who ate a snake that freaked out. (laughs) (laughs) It's believed the Sumerians were probably the first to write down their flood myths around 2500 BCE. Man, they just, they were like, hey guys, how about we just be the first to write down everything? They were. They were like the equivalent of of Tenacious D's one-note song. (laughs) That's one more thing. First thing ever written. Me, baby. Me. (laughs) They were like, man, I'm tired of just telling everybody everything. I got to remember all these facts and figures. And and then nobody believed the first guy's like, no, dude. With this clay tablet, I can tell you something quietly. Like, totally silently, bro. Um, I put my thoughts in the clay. (laughs) Now they'll live forever. That man was murdered. 500 years later, someone else with a little bit better presentation came (laughs) along. Uh, The earliest record of the Sumerian creation and the flood is found on a single fragmentary tablet excavated in Nippur, sometimes called the Eridu Genesis. Yep. It's written in the Sumerian language and dated to around 1600 BCE during the first Babylonian dynasty. Now, I just threw out Sumerian and Babylonian there. Two different things. The Babylonian dynasty was still using Sumerian language yep. and writing. Built upon the bones of their ancestors. So that's, that's where that comes in. I'm not throwing out some Alex Jones uh, conspiracy there. Wait, but they were Canaanites, right? <laughs> and Satanists. Even though Satan hadn't been created yet. We're blowing the lid off. (laughs) Flood myth. Alex Jones here. Do you have your emergency flood insurance? Do you have an Alex Jones edition uh, inflatable boat in your rooftop? (laughs) The only boat with my face on it (laughs) can be seen from space. Without this boat, you do not care about your family or your loved ones, and you will die naked, cold, and alone. Surrounded by liberals with no guns to defend yourself. So three major flood stories all came out of this time, this region. Yep. Uh, Each of them seeming to draw from earlier accounts. The flood trilogy. Yeah. (laughs) The flood. The the flood (laughs) reloaded. And the flood revolutions. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone was really into the first flood story, but man, it fell apart in the other two. I like I liked uh, I liked how they played with the budget in the second one. Though. Yeah, do you know the original title for the second one was Flood Two, Flood Harder? No, was it? Yeah. Oh. And the third one is Flood Hard with Vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, Jeremy Iron Age. Okay, so <laughs> wow, did you just put that blade in between the ribs really fast? Slink. The 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 actual three accounts were the Epic of Atrahasis. Zeusudra in the Eridu Genesis, which we oh, mentioned. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, Mr. Adnapishtim in the Epic of Gilgamesh. That's Adnapishtim. Yeah. I did it. You did it. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the, the Gilgamesh version. Since yeah. That's, that's kind of the one that is the, the foundation of, of many of these. So Gilgamesh, who was a, a king, wanted to 
find out how to become immortal. As all kings are wont to do. And the only one who might know the secret on Earth was Utnapishtim, who was the survivor of the Great Flood. Yep. Pretty good at staying alive. Mm-hmm. So Gilgamesh sought Utnapishtim out. And Utnapishtim relayed to him the story of how he became immortal, or he he was, mm. or at least granted with uh, very old age. He was unbreakable. So in Utnapishtim's story that he tells Gilgamesh, uh, the gods get together and, and they decide to bring about a flood. Because they're a bunch of D-bags. Yeah. One of the one of the gods uh, who liked Utnapishtim, because Utnapishtim was a good guy, forewarned him in a dream nice. that this was going to happen. And told him to build a boat and take his family on there and some animals, or as he put it, the seed of animals. And uh, <laughs> There's a rack of jars, huh? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Welcome to my ark. <laughs> Let me show you around. God, God has told me what to do. God has told me. Uh-huh. I have collected the seed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so he, he commands him to build a, a square boat, kind of like a cube almost. A hot tub. <laughs> and so he does, and he even loads on some of his family, some some craftsmen. Uh, he also puts on some animals. His best buddies. And then uh, uh, seals up the door, and the, uh, the rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates flood, and that uh, fills up... The Fertile Crescent. <laughs> everything there. Uh, Metaphor. They, they get uh, stuck on a, a mountaintop, and then he sends out three birds, uh, the first one being a dove. The dove comes back because it can't find anywhere to, to land. Uh, he sends out another dove, maybe the same one. Who knows? Could have been pulling a, a double. How many doves did he have? Probably not many. Mm. That dove also couldn't find anything. Then he sends out a raven, and then the raven didn't come back. So he knew that it was... Uh, time to get out off the boat and so he did and the god and he sacrifices like a goat and an ox or something and and praises the gods and and they bless him with a long life an, at least another goat and another ox i hope <laughs> so that's uh and and then the uh, the goddess ishtar comes down and and uh says I'm, I'm sorry we did this this was a mistake here's my necklace my bad bro uh, here's my beautiful, colorful necklace to as my as our promise that we won't do this again. Colorful that's, necklace. That's uh, that's the story of Adapishtim. Sounds a little rainbowy to me. I th- that was, that's one thing that does surprise me in some of these accounts is the uh, the the post devastation regret. The <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> I, that I will not do that again. Yeah, the Greek version is is a lot like that as well. Um, Zeus gets angry at uh, mankind becoming too douchey on, yep. on Earth. They're they're just it's violent and, and was it one of the Titans lets the secret slip to his buddy Pr- Prometheus, who was uh, I think the one who created mankind out of clay, and uh, uh, he had a soft spot for them. He sneaks out and and tells Deucalion that Zeus was uh, was pissed off, was going to do something about it. Hey, bro. Zeus, totes pissed, man. Zeus was going to throw lightning bolts, scorch the earth, but then everybody was like, no, 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 that's not a good idea, bro. That's, <laughs> nah, bruh, nah, bruh. <laughs> nah, that's, uh, it's going to burn up everything and come up and get us in Olympus. They were afraid yeah. the flames were going to reach them. So he's like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's right. So he uh, works with Poseidon and uh, uh, floods everything, 
Meanwhile, Deucalion and his wife were able to build a, a, a boat and survive. Yeah. And and then Zeus was pissed that somebody survived because he wanted to wipe wipe the slate clean. But then uh, they were all they were all like, oh, you know what? It's who who are we gonna have to sacrifice these sweet smelling goats to us? You're right. If if we get rid of them, so let's let's let them stick around. You know how hard it's gonna be to train those those apes over there to to sacrifice a goat? It's gonna be take forever. It's gonna take forever. Forever, bro. Forever, bro. <laughs> As you can see, I mean. These stories, they're they're it's the same damn story. It's just different actors in there, right? And and that's the thing that's uh, it's. I'm gonna say this so many times because I already have, but like, but that's interesting. Like it's it's the commonalities that that make it kind of stick in your craw. Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you give us a rundown of the the old classic Noah's Ark story? Is that a challenge? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Uh, just, I mean, yeah. All right. Some of our listeners may may not be f- that familiar with it. The thing is, it's so ingrained in us. I think growing up in America in the last uh, umpteen years, it's part of growing up. You know, you you go to Sunday school, you learn about these things. This is even if you don't go to Sunday school, you've probably heard of of Noah's Ark. I would think. What What do you think? Is Is that something that's? Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's I it's it's hard to tell because there are certain parts of 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 Christian lore that are so commonplace, you know, just growing up in the United States. Right. That, I mean, it, it, it's, there's a part that like Noah's kind of on a par with like Davy Crockett, you know, like he's almost like American folklore. math. <laughs> but, but yeah, there, there's a part of like that, that, that I, I feel like there's a kind of a degree to which Noah's almost like a, almost a, a not necessarily even religious figure to a point, you know, um, Cult- but culture hero. Yeah, culture hero. I mean, but but maybe you know that's that's me being brought up in it so much, and I was brought up, you know, of my own volition. You know, my family was pretty. They went to church. They were cool about it. I was lunacy about it. I would not. I get so mad if we were late for church. <laughs> and so I don't know. And I, I can't. I can't personally distinguish if that was my experience. If that's everyone's experience. You yeah, know? yeah. I'm yeah. not the best person to ask that. I mean, I, I wasn't lunacy uh, w- with it or anything, but. That was my experience as well, you know. I I knew these Bible stories before I I knew how to how to write or or probably even read most of them. You know yeah. what I mean? So uh, so Noah, as as we've covered, mankind becomes ever so nasty, and the Lord determines that the world is sick and in need of cleansing, and there's but one good man left, Noah, and the other good men of his family, <laughs> three uh, sons, three daughters. Right? Yep, and God. And a wife uh, decrees that, that Noah should build an ark, um, and that it should be three hundred cubits by fifty by thirty cubits. Now, no one uses cubits anymore. So, womp womp. So, uh, fifty hogsheads <laughs> by the leader. <laughs> it's that's a uh, just shy of hundred and sixty meters long. Okay, it's very long. Uh, Almost four hundred feet. Is it? Is that, uh, yeah, am I am I close there? It's in the ballpark, and this is and the god is your old uh, buddy Yahweh. Yahweh, or uh, I mean, it's actually he's mentioned by various names in the in the telling of it. Okay, at one point I think he's also referred to as Elohim. Oh, and uh, just can't make up our mind. Who, that's right, which god it is. Well, and there's and actually you know what that's a that's a that's a fun fact about that. There there is a, a fair amount of of repetition in the in the story, and there's. Noah is described as boarding the ark more than once. God is described as Yahweh, Elohim, um, and there's there's some 
scholarly belief that these that that, that this the the story is actually an amalgam of of a few stories mm-hmm. and just to make sure that they all get their own piece they just kept everything i see and so there's these these rep, these uh, repetitive parts of it are just the part from another telling of the same story which is kind of an interesting that is interesting theory on that yeah so he is told uh noah's told to get two of every kind of animal and that word kind is a, a big <laughs> hotly debated thing is that a genus is that a species oh, you know i mean depending on how deep you want to get on it noah boards the ark um i think the most common telling is 40 days and 40 nights of rain but there are uh, versions where it's up to a year that yeah, he's on this yeah. boat and then he he sends out the dove and eventually it returns with the olive branch and boom land ho yeah it's time it's time to to get back to it and we'll we'll come back to this because there's there's some I, I found some really fun things of an of an engineering perspective mm-hmm. about this about the the noah's the the ark itself and and modern biblical researchers uh, believe it that the remains are actually to be found on Mount Ararat, and there's kind of a, a uh, there's a fair amount of blurry photos. Yes, uh, satellite imagery, things like that. There's a lot of people who think that it's on Mount Ararat. The Turkish government has never been entirely helpful. Um, they, mm-hmm. they, it's not like they won't let anybody run around on the mountain, mm-hmm. but they have occasionally let people look, and they don't ever quite come up with anything. Or they'll come up with there's a there's a few people who say they have chunks of wood they found it they took some wood back with them <laughs> some of it gets instantly defraudinated some right. of it you know people just leave it alone and and it's funny because the the Bible actually says the mountains of Ararat mm-hmm. as opposed to Mount Ararat right uh, so there and there are there's there's so many tiny little nuggets in the story little frayed lines threads that if you want to pull you're welcome to yeah and. Um, as a covenant to mankind, God puts a rainbow in the sky to yep. promise that he will never destroy the yep. the earth or mankind uh, that way yeah. again. Yeah, that's, that's the, my favorite part. <laughs> I'll never use the flood again. Yeah. <laughs> Got a few more tricks. In my, and I, and I kind of feel, uh, especially reading some of the other uh, versions of the story, especially you know, like the Sumerian one, I, I don't get the feeling that the regret is about the genocide. Right. I feel like it's a procedural regret. Like halfway through the flood, they're like, oh, oh my God, I could have done it this way. Oh, that would have been so much easier. I could have just farted on everybody. The like, methane would have suffocated. Right. I feel like they did this thing and someone's like, so you didn't, uh, you just decided not to just make them all dead. <laughs> oh, you, you, know, oh. you, you have a smite button. <laughs> right. I, I feel like. <laughs> Like it's, it's, they're not mad that everyone was killed. They were like, you know that I had to do that. That, right. that was the job. I just like in retrospect, like flood was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe it was just a lot of work yeah. and they thought of a better way to do it. And so there's this, this, <laughs> yeah. Why is flood number one on the list? Yeah. And there's this really backhanded promise. Like, you know, baby, baby, I'm so sorry. I'll never hit you with my right hand again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I promise I'll, I'll never choke you that much again. <laughs> you know, like, I, it doesn't quite, it's, it's not the most reassuring promise on earth. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and, and that's another spooky commonality that comes with, with the regret portion. When the, when the deity regrets, the, it, it's always that, no, I'll never do that again. Yeah. It's always that, 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 that tiny little asterisk. But again, <laughs> That like that that paper I read that feeds into that sort of Damocles that mm-hmm. that authority figure with the power to punish. Yeah, yeah. 
So we uh, we mentioned the Hindu um, myth of Manu, yep, who was the first uh, man. I uh, found a small fish in his wash water. Uh oh, and the fish begged protection from the larger fishes in return for which it would save Manu. I'll grant you three wishes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Manu kept the fish safe, transferring it to larger and larger reservoirs as it grew, and later the fish saved Manu from a deluge by warning him to build a boat and letting him tie the craft to the fish's horn. Was it a narwhal? Yes. The fish led him to a mountain and told Manu to tie the ship's rope to a tree to prevent it from drifting. Manu alone, of all the creatures, survived. He made offerings of clarified butter, ghee, sour milk, gross, <laughs> whey, and curds. No way. From these, a woman arose, calling herself Manu's daughter. Whatever blessings he invoked through her were granted him. Through her, he generated this race. His, his daughter. And apparently there's, uh, there's another version uh, that goes, the lord of the universe, to preserve King Satyavarata from dangers of the depravity of the age, sent him a large ship and told him to gather himself medicinal herbs and pairs of brute animals aboard it to save them from a flood. Seven days later, the three worlds were flooded and darkened. The god appeared in the ocean as an enormous fish a million leagues long, and Satyavarata tied the ark to its horn with a huge sea serpent. <laughs> wow, that's a great version. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is happening to these people. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big fish. It's a, <laughs> I, I don't know, a million leagues long, bro. It's a million leagues long. It's a million leagues long. Oh, God, it's so big. It's like a million leagues long. So that's uh, Hindu, the Hindu version. That's pretty interesting. It's very interesting. And that fish with horns and the one guy surviving by himself. Yeah, then that's he gets a uh, dairy product daughter, daughter wife. Yeah. The, well, mm. it doesn't. I, I didn't get a. I didn't get a skeevy sense from that. No, no. And that's the thing. That's the weird. Flood myths tend to kind of overlook that there isn't. There's a weird time after the flood. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Even in the Noah story, there's three sons, three daughters, but Noah and his wife, that's eight people, and that's who repopulates the earth. Yeah. that. And then shortly thereafter is the the story of the Tower of Babel, which people have already spread across the continent, and we'll get get into that in part two, maybe, but... That's just the uh, the Hindu version. Yeah. Now each region of of India also yep has their subdivided. Own we had some. I mean, that's the thing. Like it's it's a little frustrating, and we're not going to oh, dwell yeah. on this. But like this is the faintest of surface scratches. Like yeah. there are so damned many flood myths. You might be wondering, how about the old uh, Zoroastrians? Oh, who isn't? <laughs> I love the Zoroastrian one, actually. It's one of my favorites. And again, I, I, I'd like to know more about Zoroastrianism, so I think we should do that later. Yeah, I think that's podcast, on our, we, we've got a, it's on our database, our, yeah, our, our spreadsheet our, of ideas. Our, our Excel. I think that was my idea, actually. I'm pretty proud of myself for that. In that version, it goes, after Ahura Mazda has warned Yima that destruction in the form of winter frost and floods subsequent to the melting of the snow are threatening the sinful world, he proceeds to instruct him to build a vara, a fortress or estate, in which specimens of small and large cattle, human beings, dogs, birds, 
red flaming fires, plants and foodstuffs will have to be deposited in pairs. Yeah. Interesting. I like that Zoroastrianism includes something we're going to come back to, um, melting snow and ice. Thunder sound. Well played. I also like that it uh, specifically mentions saving dogs. Yeah. Saving those dogs. Africa has a shit ton of flood myths. Oh, yeah. Yes, I mean, they do. You, you you think of how many regions uh, there are in Africa and all the different cultures and mm-hmm. uh, all over the place. It's a big-ass continent. It is. And, it is. And you need a big-ass <laughs> flood myth. <laughs> <laughs> I need a man-sized flood myth to cover this continent. There's uh, there's just a ton, and mm-hmm. each of them are, are separate little snowflakes and... We can't go through all of them, unfortunately. Right. Same thing with North America. Yep. Uh, yep. There are so many North American native tribes that have flood myths. South America, flood myths. Yep. Can't go into them all. So you know what we're going to do? Go into none of them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think we mentioned, well, we may have mentioned some part of the flood myth in in one of our maybe the tuanaku episode yeah uh with viracocha mm-hmm. and uh because he i think he was the one that that uh, caused a flood for them and he wanted to get rid of the uh, the crappy beings that he made yeah in favor of uh the nice svelte good looking uh, specimens <laughs> ring ding ding bring you such alluring podcasts as blurry photos oh yeah blurry photos South, South Pacific has a lot. Yep. South Pacific, tons. Even uh, Tahiti. Oh, yeah. Tahiti's I need Tahiti. Listen to this one. Uh, this, okay. This, this is Tahi- uh, the Tahitian myth. Tahiti was destroyed by the sea. <laughs> uh, it doesn't end there. Um, oh, damn. I was like, wow. <laughs> end of story. Even the trees and stones were carried away by the wind, but two people were saved. The wife took up her young chicken, her young dog, and her kitten, and the husband took up his young pig. The husband said they should escape to Mount Orofina, but the wife said, correctly, that the flood would reach even there, and they should go to Mount Pitahiti Island, (laughs) which they did. They watched ten nights till the sea ebbed. The land, though, remained without produce, and the fish in the rock crevices were putrid, this is a really real, yeah, real. This real sounds. Tale. This sounds. This sounds ripped from the headlines. <laughs> when the wind died away, stones and trees began to fall from the heavens where the winds had carried them. To escape this new danger, the couple dug a hole, lined it with grass, and covered it over with stones and earth. They crept inside and listened to the terrible crash of the falling stones. By and by, the falling stones stopped. But to be safe, they waited another night before coming out. The land they found was desolated. The woman brought forth two children, a son and a daughter. Man, you know what really turns me on? Yeah. Desolation. Well, no, I mean, two people, they're in a, they're in a in cozy a hole. little hole. And, you With know. They're their dog, kitten, and chicken, and pig. Yeah, they're scared. They want some comfort. You know, they've got to take their mind off things. Guess what? That's classic end of the world stuff. She brought forth uh, a son and a daughter, but grieved about the lack of food. Again, the mother brought forth... But still, there was no food. So I guess she had another kid. Then in three days, all the trees bore fruit. Hmm. All people oh. are descended from that couple. Now, Tahiti. Now that, I mean, uh, South Pacific, mm-hmm. Ring of Fire, that sounds so, that story sounds so volcanic. <laughs> yeah. Well, hurricane. Right? Yeah. 
uh, blowing blowing stones and trees up into the heavens. Yeah, I mean, tsunami. I mean, there's a lot of things that make sense in that story. I, that one is really cool because of how real it is. Exactly. Yeah. That. Yeah. The the things that are mentioned in that are things that we see. You know, on the news. You know, like those those the 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 fish dying and the debris. And- yeah. Yeah. If it, it feels like the rest of these stories. I mean, everything's like uh, uh, sunshine lollipops with these other stories. Like, uh, the bird doesn't return, so everybody jumps out of the ark and, and then just dances and They, and do, they do the freeze-frame jump. Yeah! yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, and like the land, like the water goes down and the land is like lush and green and there's fruit everywhere. And yeah. I, <laughs> these people seem to have gone for a bit more realistic ordeal. I like it. I like that. I like that aspect. So that's that's the Tahiti one. So uh, Australia's flood myth is is also a little little angrier, is it? Oh yeah. Again, another thing where different regions, different stuff. You know, Australia's got it's like a, a north, south, east, and west uh, version. Yeah. So uh, Grumaduck, who's a medicine man, kind of lived off by himself. Didn't want no trouble with nobody. He had the power to bring rain and to make uh, plants and animals plentiful. Um, and the Plains tribe were like, me wanty. So they kidnapped him. But Grumaduck not only escaped, but decided that it was time for vengeance and decreed that wherever he walked in the country of his enemies, salt water would rise from his footsteps. Wow. And then he went walking. <laughs> on a walkabout? Yeah, he went on walkabout and murdered all of them with, with floods. Wow. Yeah. Vengeance. Uh, there's another version. Uh, I mean, Australia's a large place. Uh, another version of uh, the Australian flood myth in which uh, they said during the Dreamtime flood uh, or, or Warumba, the Ark Gumana was carrying Noah, ad- Aborigines, and animals. It drifted south and came to rest in the floodplain of Jilinbadu, which is, I guess, uh, south of, <laughs> which is just 70 kilometers south of uh, New Camba Station, just south of Barbwire Range. And east of Worrell Range. What's that the worst? That was that was an Australian accent that I, I should be whipped for. Well, I don't know if you guys notice, but we tend to steer clear of the, the Australian accent. For well, some reason, we derail ourselves. I used to work with a lot of Australians. I should be better at this, and I don't. I'm just not. I'm not. I'm just terrible at it. But you know what? I'm I done apologizing it. One of the first movies I, I, I learned how to quote was Crocodile Dundee. I should be better at it. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm squelching it. <laughs> squelching it. But here's the thing. So uh, they say that to this day, to this day, you, <laughs> can, st- you can still see it. Uh, but the white man's claim that it landed in Middle East was a lie to keep the Aborigines in subservience. Oh. Okay. That's better. I tightened it down yeah, a little yeah. bit. No, I'm. All right. I'm okay with that. Not there yet, but. Well, I'm not going to try, so. Good. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> Good for. <laughs> so yeah, there, there's a couple of slices of Australian flood myth for you. That's awesome. And uh, and I think that's uh, that's 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 going to yeah. be part one. I mean, that's uh, man. We <laughs> we could go on for uh, episode after episode. With, oh yeah, with these uh, these awesome myths. Like yeah, like we said, Celtic Norse had some good ones in there too. Um, didn't didn't make the cut sadly. But <laughs> Sorry, guys. had a good show. You're all you're show. all winners in my book. <laughs> but every place has has this flood myth in in a very widely dispersed 
nutshell. <laughs> in a nutshell, that encompasses the entirety of the land. <laughs> that's that's going to be part one for us, for ye old flood myth. You know what else is uh, scattered throughout the land and everyone has a version of? Oh, what? What could it possibly be? Shoes? <laughs> is it shoes? Let's not beat around the bush. It's puns, David Flora. It's motherfucking puns. You know, maybe in 2014 we should institute a pun sound to get us going. You know how we yeah. have like a listener mail sound? Maybe we need a pun sound. I think always... it's the collective groan. <laughs> I think that's the pun. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> maybe maybe it's the fast forward now sound. Yeah. <laughs> At the tone, stop listening. <laughs> Boop. How would you how would you like to uh, uh divide this uh, uh this up? Boy, tough call, tough call. Um I guess we could uh leave it to fate. Yeah. Well, only one of us is going to get to go on the boat, so All right. Let's do like uh the Babylonians <laughs> did and just flip forward. <laughs> Done. Let me get my flipping coin. Even because, you know, they had currency then. Tails. Loser. Oh, oh. Option goes to me, and I shall take the first round. Ah. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm kicking this off, taking the first position. Here we go. You know, in ancient antiquity, most people were really uh, mostly worried about two things. Sinning against God and building large uh, watercraft. Hmm. Now... Almost everyone was really obsessed with the singing, sinning against God. But what about the what about the busy family man who also needs to build an inordinately large watercraft? That's why he was happy to go to Cubits and Pieces. Everything you need to build the largest watercraft you imaginable. <laughs> now do all that again in a Gene Hackman accent. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You don't have to do the <laughs> I was going to do it, but I was like, what is Gene Hackman's voice? Isn't he the one that's for Home Depot? Or oh whatever? yeah. All I ever think of, whenever I think of Gene Hackman, honestly, his voice, all I hear is, is him going, "Miss Tessmacher, <laughs> Superman." That is that's the Gene Hackman yeah, movie for yeah. me. Cubits and pieces. I like. Yeah, it. Mm-hmm. I like it. How, what do you got, Flora? Well, start it with a bun. I've got a Sumerian basketball player. Oh yeah, who is famed for his flood of free throws. Oh nice. Yeah, it was Steve Gilganash. Oh, my God. And you know what he did? What? He shot and swished him. I see what, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. I, I, yeah, you did that. <laughs> oh, man. All right, all right. Steve Gilganash. <laughs> Played for the Assyrian sons. So in the uh, the days leading up to the uh, Sumerian flood, a lot of Uptapishtim's uh, neighbors wanted in. You know, they said, "Well, hey, can is there room for us in that boat that you're building for seemingly no reason?" But you know, we like a party. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No, no, you can't because you know what? I had to buy all new tools because you're bad neighbors and you borrowed all my tools and you didn't give them back." Uh, and they were like, "Fine, screw you and your crazy man boat. We don't want to be on there." But then the rain started to fall, and they all realized they shouldn't have button to pissed him off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. yeah that's the one. <laughs> that's good. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> we had no choice but to do nothing but underpistum buns. There's, there was but one target in this podcast, and we can do nothing but shoot at it. Take us home, Laura. <laughs> Usher us onto your boat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Shit. <laughs>
I got a Hindu boy who vows revenge on the gods after they killed his parents in uh-huh. a flood. It's Batmanu. <laughs> he's he's not the savior. You de- he's not the survivor you deserve, but he's right. the, he's the survivor you have. I'm Batmanu. <laughs> Where's the boat? <laughs> Where's Delhi? Where's New Delhi? <laughs> Leave the key alone. <laughs> I like Batman. That was a good one. Strong puns. Strong puns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Flora. Um, I, I, I got to say that um, God has spoken to me on occasion. He did. Yeah. He did. He's doing it right now. Yeah. He's telling me to build a large boat. Okay. Huge boat. A boat Us- using uh, units of measurement I am not familiar with. Cubits and whatnot, fathoms and yeah, and uh, and I have bo- to fill bo- it. Wait, wait, hogsheads. Yes, bo- bushels, furlongs, furlongs. Yeah, uh, that's I enough. Have, yeah, <laughs> that's enough. God, that's I got it. <laughs> he wants me to fill it so that in in the coming apocalypse that he's working on, that it'll all be saved. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Wants you to fill it with what? Well, I mean, I don't think that's important. I mean, oh. I, don't, I mean, no, I. I'm curious now. I, I I think I'd like to know what what he wants you to fill it with. What do you mean? I mean, what, what does it matter? Well, I mean, the word are of God. you gonna 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 get books in there? You you're gonna get CDs? You're gonna get old uh, oh, all right, Atari fine. games in fine, there? Fine, fine. It was a test of your faith. You failed because I'm filling this boat with listener mail. Okay, it's actually not so much like a gigantic arc. Um, maybe like a. A, a, a stout ship, a, a smaller fishing vessel, maybe. Okay. okay, we've got some. We've got some. Got some listener mail this week. Now, one thing that is we it do a, is it a Danish flute? Is it is it a brig? It's an outrigger. It's an a. Outrigger. Is it a catamaran? It's a, it's a catamaran. Is it a Corvette? What? How big is this? How big it's a frigate. It? How? Jesus. Okay. Yeah. It's a frigate. <laughs> well, that's that's a pretty sizable. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't know. It's no aircraft carrier. Oh no no! It's it's a Colombian drug submersible. Okay, that's what we've got yep. on our hands. <laughs> no, uh, so just a, a little bit of a procedural thing here, yeah. owing to these holidays that we um, that we do like to participate in. Uh huh. We participate. We celebrate. And uh, one more time, everybody, winter solstice, longest oh, night man. of the year. Oh, Let's guys. turn it into a sex holiday, people. It's coming up. Get with your significant other and say it's the longest night of the year. Let's plan something kind of elaborate and fun. Don't. There's no dinner involved. There's no. It's, it doesn't have to be like a huge going out thing. This no. is an in-home holiday. You don't have to tell anybody about. And I believe it's on the weekend this year. Is it not? Yes, this it is. weekend. So make it count, people. Yeah. This is. I'm trying to get a sex holiday off the ground here. I'm trying to get the winter solstice, the longest night of the year. Come on. Come on. People used to go nuts. In fact, uh, I think in uh, northern England, they might still in some parts go nuts, uh, lighting stuff on fire and rolling yeah. it down hills. And You don't have to do any of that. You just have to get with your SO yeah. and get and TCB. That's right. What, get with your SO. Just throw a bunch TCB. of acronyms around and everybody's happy. Take care of business. That's all you got to do. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Um, but we, we were not going to have listener mail next week because we will be... Uh, uh, strewn about this country, yeah. as the holidays often do. We will have an episode. I mean, da doy, boy doy. 
but uh, this is this is going to be our, our listener mail for uh, the next two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So don't fret none. Yeah, if you still send, send something in, in yeah, uh, and and you don't hear it right away. We're we're gonna we're gonna be back with mail on the episode sixty four. We're gonna be busy racking up felony convictions in other states, right? Because that's what we do. I've got a bingo card. <laughs> I don't know about you, but trying to hit a an X, <laughs> trying to hit an X. I won the four corners game. Here's the thing: most can't wait for that cover all. <laughs> it's it's hard because indecent exposure is almost always a misdemeanor, and you have to have some sort of weird mitigating circumstance for it to be a felony. And so, well, you now know, we're getting. I heard the vice president. The- I heard the vice president's in town. I think I can pick it up. I well, think I can pick up felony indecent exposure. It's a hard one. Thanks, Biden. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do some listener mail. Yeah, let's do it. All right, kicking it straight out the gate. My buddy Connor. Hey, Connor. Hey. First of all, I have managed to infect him with my weird superstition about knocking on wood when all the numbers on the clock are the same. So I'm glad that I could share that illness. Way to go, asshole. High five, <laughs> high five slash my apologies. High apology. And, uh, oh, oh, wow. Uh-oh. Flora, mm-hmm. you're getting two trips to the penalty box. Wait a minute. Hey, let let's let's see how heavy these these allegations okay, are right. before I'm gonna, we I'm say. I'm gonna let you plead this, but you're gonna have to do some pretty crafty lawyering to get out of this. Uh, first, that I, I called for a murder sound, and then there was none. I'm I, I'm unfortunately I'm gonna be I'm gonna be your lawyer on this one, okay? Because that was me just saying murder sound. I wasn't actually calling for a murder sound. I to, remember this. To add to that, was that in the crypto botany episode? I don't remember when. Well, if it was, I would like to plead the fifth on that because it. I, I had two days to get that out. Okay. And well, even even then, it was real late. I mean, I'll tell you this. We don't actually have the penalty box computer, which is a whole separate... Like, yeah. I know penalty, we've, we've explained the penalty box before, but it's a somewhat elaborate rig that we did not anticipate needing tonight. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that'll be... So, well, I think... What do they, they call that? Um... A stay of execution. A stay of execution. It's like <laughs> delayed incarceration or something. Uh, the other thing is that uh, there nothing got put into a nutshell or a pumpkin. Well, yeah, I mean, you got me on that. You can get me on that one, too, because as uh, as our listener feedback is starting to prove, um, I was very clearly jacked out of my mind on caffeine. <laughs> I know I talked about it, and then I seemed to really crash towards the end of the episode. I really went through the entire caffeine cycle while we recorded. Yeah. So that's man. good for science. <laughs> and I, I, was, I was just like, uh, we, should, uh, yeah. we should get Mountain Dew to sponsor us. We should. To be like blurry photos. You'll crash after a while. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what. Um, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to 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 take ownership of that one. No, no, that's oh. it's on me. I mean, I obviously I've got two shots fired here. So yeah, one well. of them is going to have to hit me. All so, right. So next 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 time we record, which is which as we said is going to be in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Episode sixty four. We'll have the penalty box, and I'll yeah. march my ass right on. Yes, in there you will. Yes, you will. For not summing shit up in a nutshell. And I'll put things on. I'll put the headphones on and say like one sentence. Just, just as a show of solidarity. Okay, I'll be all. I don't know, man. You and your your promises that, oh. that you that you throw out there. Okay, you know what? I'm fully going into the penalty box, and I will go into the penalty box every single episode until until that MS Paint certificate exactly gets out. until Gray Cat Fancy Feast the Third receives his certificate confirming him 
as the the 2013 King of Halloween. That's correct. And I'm going to I'm going to extend it. I'm going to have an asterisk that says also Thanksgiving, Krampus Knocked, and Christmas. He owns wow. the holiday season. Wow. Good grief. Well, and you know what I like? This is what I like. He has not been up in my grill about it. No, no. That was actually shames me even more. Other people have actually uh, yeah, I know. Uh, brought I know. it up. Yeah, I know. So, Some other we, people named you. Know, you know, what's great is is a, a self-governing police force. Yeah. We, our, our people police themselves, and that's why everybody's honest. Oh, God. <sighs> all right, all right. Penalty Box, episode 64. Connor, yeah. we'll, we'll get in there. Thank you, Connor. Thanks, Connor. Moving on. Oh, our friend JVG. Jay. Jiggish. How you doing, sir? What are you doing? He can't answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, JVG uh, also did notice uh, how completely <laughs> cracked out I was. That's all it takes. I don't do drugs. I don't, I never in my life have. Caffeine is 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 meth to me. Sure. Uh, so yeah, he also noticed how, how I was on Fuego, um, and uh, really has been enjoying the musical intros. Oh, thanks, Jay. which we've been enjoying doing. We we enjoy doing them. Yeah, yeah. So you'll you'll you're not done with those. I don't think that we have the the time or energy to switch to a full musical intro format. Yikes! But uh, I think I think our plan is at, at least once a month. Yeah, yeah. If we can get that, yeah. If um, not, once every other something. And and he is uh, single handedly uh, also submitting us, nominating us for uh, Webbies and uh, Dragon Con awards. So <laughs> that's right. The award season's creeping Somebody up has again. To. That's right. That's right. So thank you very much, Thanks, Jay. Jay. You are a consistent delight. And. Uh, Happy birthday, brother. Oh, Wink. true story. We also got an email from Taper. Hey, Taper. Hey. He says, uh, this is coming off of our Crypto Botany episode. He says, speaking of Yggdrasil and the Donner Oak filled by Boniface, the Saxons had a similar thing. A pillar made from a tree trunk worshipped under the open sky as the totem of their tribal slash national god, Ermin, who was probably... Uh, Odin just wearing a funny hat. Odin did wear funny hats. Yeah, very, very right, wide brimmed. Yep. Supposedly, he says it stood near Obermarsburg in Germany, and Charlemagne had it destroyed during the Saxon Wars in 773. Bastard. C.E. Also tells us about a helpful magical herb of American myth, uh, which is used in hoodoo or root work, which we've talked about. It's called the High John the Conqueror root. Uh, its magical uses include carrying it for protection from evil spirits and white men. What's the difference? Or to help the user to conquer in card games or courting. Hmm. I'm going to conquer that ass. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? It can also be used in soaps and floor washes to drive away evil influences. That's great. It's like the, the Mr. Clean of, <laughs> That's right. of roots. Hmm. Also, like any of 50,000 other substances, helps to restore male virtue. Well, duh. How else are you going to conquer the ladies sexually? Apparently, it looks like uh, a huge dark testicle. Yeah. Yep. And uh, good luck finding a, a, a true species of it on your own. It's uh, yeah. That's a quest replaced. of its own. Yeah. But uh, thank you. Thank you, Taper. Uh, Taper for, for writing that in. That's some interesting stuff. I may have set some of that up to sound like a pun. All factual information. Yeah. yeah not that's, actually That's a just joke. how that turned out. That's, that's good stuff. So, yeah, there you go. So, there you go. That's our, that's our listener mail for, uh, for the next two weeks. So, we'll probably have a... I'm hoping, please, give us a gigantic amount of listener mail a, to deal with. a flood of mail. <laughs> uh, all we want for Christmas... 
is your listener mail <laughs> and <Yeah>. money. <laughs> but we'll take the mail happily. <laughs> mm-hmm. Delicious. Uh, great, you guys. Uh, until part two. That's right. Go to Facebook and like our page. Yep. Go to iTunes and subscribe and rate and star us. Oh, man. Give us five stars for Christmas. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Write us a review for Christmas. Yeah. Like us um, for Christmas Eve. And then write us a five-star review for Christmas. There you go. Stocking stuffer. Yeah, yeah. Follow us on Blurry underscore photos on Twitter. Blurry Photos Podcast, uh, YouTubes. Yep. We'll, we'll, once I get my office set up, I, I will start putting videos back up there. Nice. <laughs> and uh, stumble upon us. Do it. So anyways, for part one of the flood myth. Uh-huh. They've loaded two of every Davids aboard this podcast. Thunder sound, rain sound, bye. So just how prevalent are these flood myths uh, around the world? Pretty prevalent. You want a quick list? I'm yeah. Just... <laughs> There's Roman and Turkey, Sumerian, Mandingo. What? <laughs> well, that got to be real. <laughs> oh, Mother, don't be so cruel. I'm given to understand that not only Lodge Lardwallet. <laughs> Lardwallet. <laughs> In his giant fat saddlebags would be there. <laughs> oh, large lard wallet. <laughs> you positively reek of bacon. <laughs> okay, let me try that. Let me try that again. I haven't crossed the three beers line. This I should be fine, but I'm not. So long as that dreadful Mr. Crowley is not in attendance, he vexes the vicar ever so much. Ever so much. <laughs> oh, Mother, don't be so cruel. I'm given to understand that Lord Large Wallet. <laughs> Damn it. I just want that Lard Wallet so bad. <laughs> Why can't I have all I'm the- so bad I can taste it. I, I just want that. I just want that Lard Wallet. <laughs> Okay. He vexes the vicar. All right. Lord Large Wallet. <laughs> it's so Lord Large Wallet. That's hard to do with an accent. I believe it. No. Lord I... Large Wallet. <laughs> okay. Lord's large one. <laughs> Why is with the large wallet? Large, 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 large wallet. Take a take a large Pepsi, please. <laughs>
Lord, Lord, Lord Smurge Mullet. <laughs>